BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live and direct from the uh, Holy Land. Actually broadcasting live this week, last week, next week from Israel. We're in Jerusalem, Israel, where uh, I'll be coaching Sunday night, starting Sunday night in the Maccabi Games. I'll tweet out, um, uh, I'll be, I'll tweet out uh, the, the ways in which you can listen to the show, or listen to the games or watch the games. By the way, guys, I'm getting a little bit of uh, feedback in my ear. It's almost like on a two or three second delay. Uh, working through things in terms of being like, look, the thing about Israel is this. It is a beautiful, magnificent, spiritual country, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Christian or whether you're Jewish. Um, this is a place which is incredibly sacred in your religion. But nothing, 
I've, I've determined that Israel should have a, a you know, slogan. You know, like every state has a slogan, right? And I think even our country, like America is like homeland of the free, home of the brave, right? I feel like Israel's saying should be, welcome to Israel. Nothing is easy. Welcome to Israel. Everything is negotiable. Welcome to Israel. Everything is crazy expensive. But we're going to ask you to live here anyway. Anyway. So lots of things to get to today. I want to start with the Boston Celtics because they made a um, they made a series of moves here in which they've had to jettison like a Kelly Olynyk. They traded away Avery Bradley today, as if you listen to our updates, Dan Beyer uh, just updated you with Avery Bradley and a second round pick to the Detroit Pistons for Marcus Morris. That's the other of the Morris twins who averaged about 14 a game and was really well regarded as he's. He and Markeef have gone from knuckleheads who have talent to being really well-regarded professionals and, and face-up four men who can shoot, score, rebound, and defend some. Like They are both valuable players, both now in the Eastern Conference, now on teams that are trying to climb the ladder. Markeef, obviously, with the Washington Wizards, and now Marcus with the Boston Celtics, trying to climb the ladder to beat the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. But, but here's the problem with people. So Avery Bradley, I think everybody loves, I love him, but he was going to be up at the end of this year. So too is Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley was going to command in the $20 million a year range. And Isaiah Thomas is going to be somewhere North of that. And then you have, they had a glutton of guards. They still have all their draft picks. They got some stuff that they had to work through. So they got Gordon Hayward. Now they have Marcus Morris. Remember, they drafted Jason Tatum, who all reports are he has been as good as advertised in NBA Summer League. We'll get more down NBA Summer League a little bit later on. And all I hear from people is, well, really, the type of rhetoric you heard from Colin Cowherd over the last couple hours. Take a listen. So tell me again about this grand plan and this patience and this accumulation of draft picks. You do realize if you were in the West, you'd be like a seventh seed. Congrats on not inching much closer to Cleveland. And I don't think you are much closer. And in all four losses in the playoffs, the average margin was over 25-point losses. That's Colin Cowherd earlier today. So, look, I I love that that Colin is – uh, is playing this. They would not be a seven seed. It would not be a seven seed. And oh yeah, but they just add Gordon Hayward. They have Isaiah Thomas. They just added Marcus Morris. Like that is not a seven seed. And oh yeah, by the way, like the problems with your team, you have to fix slowly, methodically. You don't just scrap and go like, hey, we're not the Cavaliers. Let's go all for it. Are the Boston Celtics better today in terms of their ability to compete at the top of the league than they were at the end of the season? And the answer is, even though they've lost Avery Bradley, who's a valuable, valuable player, absolutely. And oh yeah, by the way, they still have all three first-round draft picks for next year. And they still, to this point, have Jay Crowder, who's likely to be moved. So they get another piece to the pie. The point is this, that while, while we believe things happen in a vacuum, while we believe that things should be very cut and dry, there are so many different issues to which you have to navigate that you can't 
quickly make a move. It, here's what it's like. Um, music, do you play chess? Not regularly, but I did play a lot more chess in high school. Okay, so you know how you know how to play chess, right? Ramos, do you play chess? That would be a negative. Okay. I am I'm I'm not a great chess player. I can I know how to play chess. Um Music, were you good? Were you like on the chess team? No, I wouldn't say I was good. I just I took lessons like in elementary school and then it was kind really? of something that I did for a little while and then then it was something I did less and less of. So yeah, I understand sort of. Ramos, did you know Ramos, did you know any of this about music? Did you know <laughs> that he was a he was a, he was a chess dork when he was I, a kid? I had no idea. This is a first on the Doug Gottlieb show. We we did not in our pre show uh FaceTime meetings, we did not discuss <laughs> this. So I did not this is this is groundbreaking. So uh, there's um, at the Maccabi Games, which is like the Jewish Olympics. And like, look, our claim to fame is we got Bobby Fischer, right? Like our people, we got some athletes, right? We have Lenny Krasenberg, who's, you know, we have Mark Spitz. We got some guys out there. But if you, if you, take, if you give us a sport that requires no athletic ability and, and, uh, and, and intelligence with numbers, um, we, we, got a, we got a chance here, right? So some of, uh, these are some of the most decorated chess players in the world going at it. And when you talk to them, they're not thinking one move ahead. They're thinking four moves ahead. I move here. He's going to move there. I'm going to move there. He's going to move there. Like, these are all the things that are going on in your mind. And my thing when I was playing chess was I was just trying to think one move ahead, right? I didn't have the ability, really. I mean, I'm like, music, would you, could you think more than one move ahead? No, I was too young for that, and I'm still not quite there. I mean, you, you could think a couple of moves ahead. Like, if I sacrifice this piece, it puts me in position to then take theirs, you know? Right. It, it's kind right. of like you, poker. You have to, it's kind of like poker in the sense that you have to know the tendencies of what your opponent's doing also. Right. So remember, when you're the Boston Celtics, you have to navigate the fact that you have your salary cap, which which if you're under, you have to stay under in order to make deals with teams that are under. If you're over, you don't want to stay. You have to stay over in order to make deals with teams that are over. Right? You also have the contracts you're taking on, the contracts you're, you have your draft picks, but you also have pending free agents for next year. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. And you have a coach who continues to evolve his own style. How do you fit that coach's style? And remember, like, the Boston Celtics have made a pledge to have high character guys on their team. So you got to have character, you got to guard multiple positions, you win with veterans more than with young kids. On the other hand, you have to navigate salaries. Marcus Morris has two years left on a very reasonable contract. They have the Gordon Hayward contract, which is all in new money terms, which is huge money. But that is offset by Marcus Morris. It's offset by the Jay Crowders and some of these other deals. And they're trying to have to navigate it. The point being, like, everybody wants a very quick solution. Everybody wants to play chess with somebody and win in four moves. Like, you read a book on how to win chess, in chess game in four moves. That's not the way chess games are played. Ch- chess is a, it's, it's like, it lasts for days sometimes. When you don't have the timer on you, Right. You're just sitting there and you're looking at it. You're thinking, you're not thinking about just your move. People are like, just move already. Would you just move? Like, look, dude, if I move here, then he can move there. Then I move here, then he can move there. Like, there's so much more to it. So while, while Colin was gloating, and that was earlier today, I believe that was before Avery Bradley was moved, that the Celtics were just inching closer to the Cavs, but not really closer to the Cavs. The rest of the world, I think, should stop and take a breath and realize 
They're changing. They're evolving. They're dealing with the issues of so many different things. Four moves ahead. How the league reacts to it. What happens to their guys moving forward? How they're going to play? Can they fit in with the with the with the character guys that they have? Play for Brad Stevens. Do they fit and play a style which they want? Like this is how you have to take your time. But that's not the way in which we want things to work. We want people to snap their fingers and all of a sudden be be able to compete with the Cavaliers. Count me in on what the Celtics are doing. Not to beat the Cavaliers just yet, but to put themselves in position to compete. And remember, the Cavs have always been, because they're so top-heavy, they're always a LeBron who's never been hurt. There ever is a Kyrie Irving who did get hurt you know, three years ago, and that's why they didn't win the championship. They always are uh, Kevin Love, and let's remember, like, the, even the Kevin, like, trade Kevin Love for Carmelo Anthony. Like, there's a lot more to it than just guy for guy. There's the who's going to rebound, who's going to do the little things, who's going to show up in, you know, February to, you know, to play hard when, uh, when there's no real reason to play hard. Count me in on the Celtics' plan because as it evolves, they have a, they're just loaded with wings. Guys that can play the three and the four and occasionally the two, the three and the four. And that's where basketball is headed. That's what the Warriors have. That's what the Cavaliers don't have. If anything, the Warriors aren't shooting for the moon, the moon being the Cavaliers. They're shooting for the stars, which is the Golden State Warriors. Take a hard look at what they're putting together. They're probably a prolific shooter away from having the type of lineup uh, which is which is in the conversation of uh, of the Golden State Warriors. No, they don't have the they don't have the stars per se, but Isaiah Thomas was the type of there's a lot of Steph Curry in his own way to how Isaiah Thomas is, right? Not necessarily a true point guard. Does can pass a prolific score, although undersized more so than Steph is undersized for how he plays. I'm not telling you Gordon Hayward is Kevin Durant, but I think that he brings a lot of characteristics of a uh, uh, a Clay Thompson and a Kevin Durant to to the to the fold. He plays both ends. He can score in. He can score at three levels. And they continue to put guys that defend, rebound, play multiple positions around them. It's not just as easy as quick snap fix. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Houston Rockets, I think, have gotten smart, but it's also gotten really, really interesting. I saw these quotes from Daryl Morey. Uh, So remember, Daryl Morey, they were second in the NBA in points per game last year, 115.3. Now they allowed 109.6, which is the fifth fifth worst in the NBA. And um, they lost to the San Antonio Spurs in the Western Conference semifinals. James Harden was just awful in game six, but it was really the loss and how they were blown out in game five. And what they've added is Chris Paul, who's not only arguably the best true point guard remaining in the NBA, Mike Conley right there in it, but he's also a tremendous leader. 
He's an outstanding defender, and he's got great toughness. They had a P.J. Tucker four years, $34 million. They brought back Denae as well at a, at, a very, uh, at, a, at a minimum rate. He told, uh, uh, Daryl Morey told Jonathan Fagan of the Houston Chronicle, quote, this is just what this team needs. We were able to talk with Chris Paul and James and Coach D'Antoni and say what this, uh, and, and do what we need for this team. The unanimous opinion was we need toughness. We need defense. PJ brings that in spades. We're trying to get our defense into the top 10. Obviously, our offense was historic. Getting Nene back, getting PJ back are huge steps in that direction. Look, they, again, this is, and he said we've, we're closed the gap. On the, on the Golden State Warriors, they're one of the best teams ever. We obviously felt we needed to close the gap. We felt like we have closed that gap. They're the ones with two rings in the last three years. They have to, to, uh, you have to say they're going to be favorites going in. And we feel like this group can compete with them. Now, there's a couple of things I really, really like. I, I like that Daryl Morey, who has always operated based upon the idea of, uh, of analytics, toughness is not, that is not measurable. Are defensive statistics measurable? Absolutely. But toughness is not. It is, a, it is an intangible. It's not a tangible. Here's a guy who has always done his work based upon tangibles. And, and so oftentimes we think of tangibles as glamour things, right? Well, tangibles is how many points you score. Like, no, no, tangibles are tangible assets. Well, how can I measure them? How, can I, how much does something weigh? How much does, you know... Uh, how much volume does it contain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like that, those are tangibles. An intangible is the, what the French call a certain je ne sais quoi, right? It's inexplainable. You just have to see it and understand it, right? Intangible. It's, it's not measurable by any sort of calculation. It's not statistically, you can't put it uh, on a chart and go like, oh, there it is. It's an intangible quality. P.J. Tucker, Nene used to be hilarious, Nene, and Chris Paul have intangible qualities of toughness, defensive grit, leadership. And so here you have a guy who has always been the tangible, 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 based upon, here's this analytic, this tells us why we should shoot threes and only close twos, layups and threes. Okay, Defensively, James Harden's better than you think. Why? Look at these defensive metrics when he's on the floor, based upon who he's guarding, what the other... Those are all tangibles. He has operated in that tangible world, and this is an intangible quality. That's growth. That's evolution. That's big news. And that's also kind of what the Celtics are doing, which is there is no perfect way to perfectly compete with the goal. You can't just, you have your team. You have to continue to kind of tweak your team. What is your team missing? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. He is the 2017 NBD League Coach of the Year as his team, part of the Toronto Raptors organization, uh, the Raptors 905 won the D-League championship. He's Jerry Stackhouse. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Stack, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How you been? I'm great. Um, look, I'm actually coaching a team in Israel. It's like the, the, it's like the Jewish Olympics. And I was just texting <laughs> with a buddy of mine 
I was texting with a buddy of mine. His name's Miles Simon. He's now an assistant with the Lakers, and he's getting ready for summer league tonight. And he's like, man, I'm telling you, one practice, and I and and you know, Miles, like you, you obviously, uh, uh, you played, uh, um, you guys have played against each other. Like he was like, I learned so much. I'm just wondering, and I've learned so much during this couple weeks with these guys coaching and friendlies. What's what's the one thing that you learned early on when you're a head coach that you didn't know during your long and storied career? Well, I mean, you just have to manage so many pieces other than just the basketball. I mean, I think that that's the, you know, we guys think that it's just about the X's and O's, but you, you know, dealing with travel and, you know, having to set the schedule, having to, you know, set where we stay, um, what time we're meeting, you know, all those different things, uh, you know, and managing not only the, the players and the relationships with them, but your, you know, relationship with your coaches. Uh, relationships with you, you know, the front of office and, and everything. So there's a lot more to it than just being, uh, like I said, the player, being a player, or even being an assistant coach. We're basically just kind of focused on the player development, and you know, maybe you got certain teams that you scout and things like that, and that's really your primary focus. But you know, the head coach, even though he may not have a, the scouts, he has to understand all all of that, and, and that's what I was able to kind of experience last year my first year at the, at the helm and man it was you know I felt like I got 10 10 times better uh, as a, as a coach just because of that and you know and then obviously the, the reps from being able to make decisions in game obviously helps and getting better on the board and all those different things but man it was I'm absolutely glad I did it I don't think there's no way that you can get those experiences from just being uh, frankly being an assistant coach and without getting some reps at running things did you like it? Loved it. Loved it, man. You know, obviously, I mean, I couldn't have scripted any better, you know, for us to have the year that we had, only, you know, kind of our second year of existence. Um, you know, there was a big thing. Masai really wanted to have this component for our, you know, our, our young guys, wanted to, to develop them. And um, we had an opportunity for, like, like Bruno and Fred Van Vliet. Those guys came down and, and, and got better and was able to go back and contribute to the big club. So that's you know, that's really what they made this investment about. But we had an opportunity for a lot of other guys to benefit. The, you know, we were able to get called up to other teams. We didn't really have a, a roster spot in, in a perfect world. That's what I, that, Ideally, that's what I would like, to have a roster spot so we could, you know, have develop a guy, continue to develop a guy, and he could go up to the Raptors, um, you know, on a call-up. But we had guys called up to New Orleans and – um, Cleveland, respectively, this year. So, you know, overall, it was a, a great year. And on and capping that off, and actually winning the winning the championship was was a lot of fun. Jerry Stackhouse joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. Like, I I think you're in you're still in the spot. I mean, he averaged double figures, fifteen consecutive years in the NBA, uh, and he averaged like thirty a game one year. I remember. Um, and so, like, the the great thing about where you are is that. These guys, even they're they're old enough to know at least something about you, right? Like you're not like an old head talking about back in your day. Um, I'm getting right, there. but, but yeah, <laughs> like they, but but you like YouTube and and you know basketball reference. Like damn, stack average thirty a game, like thirty a game in the NBA is thirty a game. That's like ridiculous. That's like the fifteen people on earth have ever ever done that. So I'm I'm just wondering how much more. 
you know, I've always told people coaching and professional basketball so much is about respect. You have to give it as a coach, but they have to respect you. It seems like that would be a really easy cut through for many of these guys that someday would only dream of being what you were. How, how did you how did you handle that? I mean, it really was, man. It really is a, a, a blessing, and I'm thankful for you know my playing career and what I've been able to accomplish there because it gives these guys who are trying to get into the NBA and and even guys in the NBA who are trying to establish themselves as rotational players who have aspirations of being all-stars and, and all those different things that I was able to accomplish as a player. You know, their, their eyes are, are open and their ears are open to, to, to what I'm saying. And so I think that kind of... You know, I, that's one hurdle that I don't have to to deal with. You know, I I, I tell them, you know, kind of just just kind of follow the game plan, listen to me, and you know, and, and I think that I I've been around enough, I've seen it enough, I've been with enough good coaches, I've been around enough good players, I understand the game of basketball enough to help you get to where you want to go. And I, unfortunately, I had a, a bunch of guys that that bought into that and got better. You know, really the player development piece is so huge for those guys who. Probably, you know, they're not. They're just they're fringe guys. They're, they're just probably one thing away from possibly not being a draft pick or or, or not finding a, w- a way to find a home in the NBA just from you know some some small. It's not a big difference between the, the talent of players that's playing in the D League and guys that um, are probably I would say eight to fifteen on on the NBA roster. It's not you know it's just it's a fine line of the the talent. So just. Knowing, just listening and, and knowing that you you can get there, and that's and that's one hurdle. Like I said, a beautiful hurdle that I didn't have to um, deal with the adversity that I didn't have to deal with because these guys listen and they want to get there and they trusted that I was I was giving them the right message. Former NBA All Star Jerry Stackhouse, coach of the year in the NBA D League, uh, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Obviously, being a part of the Raptors organization, you understand how they you know went for it this year. Uh, going out and making a big kind of midseason acquisition with with Serge Ibaka, uh, that one that that didn't work. But they're going to continue to try and evolve. I think there are the problem with sometimes with fans and even people in my position stack, not me in particular, but others are they just think that you just make two or three moves and you get two or three players and you go after the Cavs and you go after the Warriors. Like I'm sitting here watching the Celtics as they acquired Marcus Morris. Like, wow, he's a really good player. He's a pro. He has 14 a game. Like I, they're, they're getting more wings and forwards that can compete at a higher level. I feel like they're smartly using their assets and managing their cap and all of those things. Um, what's it like from the from the team's perspective, where the fans just want you to go and get a couple of big guys and chase after the big threes of the world, and that's not the, maybe the reality of of what teams can do. I mean, sometimes it can come together. I mean, like you said, you didn't think it, it worked out. I just don't think when you make some uh, in season. Um, transactions like that, they don't always pan out right away. But I mean, I, you know, but not having you know, having a guy that didn't participate in, in training camp and having him come in, and you know, once he gets traded to you, the, the point guard who he's pretty much need to you know form build a relationship with um, for us to have that type of success that we're looking for. You know, was injured. Kyle was injured at the time, so it was a big window there where. Uh, we were waiting on Kyle to kind of get back and everything to come together, and you know, and, and it just didn't pan out. We were able to make it to the second round, um, but uh, you know, then you, you're facing Cleveland. You know, they're pretty much the cream of the crop in the East right now for the last couple of years, few years. So, 
Uh, I think having the training camp, you know, getting Kyle back, getting everybody back in, in into the to the fold. It's a lot of you know movement around the Eastern Conference this year. It's kind of funny how things could, could shape up, you know, shape up. But I think you know Hayward going to Boston, that's big. Morris, you know, they they're, they're acquiring access, but they're losing some pieces too. And you lose Avery Bradley, who's a, you know, a, a hell of a defender. You know, become a, a, a good offensive weapon for him. Not having that, you know. And and dealing with you know probably not the 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 strength of Isaiah Thomas isn't his defense. So I mean I think they you know it's it's a balancing act to see how everything kind of plays out in this Eastern Conference. But we feel good about where we were, and you know instead of trying to implode and, and blow everything up, we came back with with our core guys. Got Kyle back in the mix. Still got Demar. Um, losing Patrick Patterson, a piece like that is one of those forwards that you was talking about, kind of. Three and D guys, guys that can make three and play defense. I think that could could hurt us a little bit trying to find somebody to fill that void. But but we feel good about who we are, and uh, hopefully we can you know have a training camp. Um, guys can kind of mesh and, and come back and come together, and, and we'll be right one of one of those teams that we, that's contending for the Eastern Conference again. Stack, look forward to seeing you on NBA sideline really really soon. In the meantime, keep up the great work, and we appreciate you joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. There's a lot of talk now because uh, Paul George is in Oklahoma City. Chris Paul is in Houston. Because of the dominance of the Western Conference, the teams being so much better, that maybe, maybe the NBA needs to rethink uh the whole East-West in playoff seedings. Se- uh, seedings. Three seasons ago, Suns owner Robert Sarver proposed seeding playoffs postseason from 1 to 16 by record, regardless of the conference. Mark Cuban, of course, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, pitched a temporary, re- temporary realignment plan. The commissioner's office was not interested. Sarver emailed ESPN.com this week. The Eastern Conference teams don't like it. The league has argued that schedule imbalance... Um, and and the overlong travel make a 1-16 to 16 system too cumbersome. Cuban emailed as well, seven of the ten smallest markets are in the West. I really do believe the Eastern Conference teams know that they can do less and still make it to the playoffs because they are much larger, larger markets and they will sell tickets and advertising and get viewers and they will get the best of both worlds. It, it's an interesting thought or possibility and i'm sure there's a modicum of truth in anything but the idea that because of market size the eastern conference teams think they can do less like that's not accurate the, the biggest markets on the eastern seaboard are new york philadelphia and chicago it's not on the eastern seaboard but chicago chicago is the second city third biggest market and they're now scrapping things and starting over the Knicks and Nets, the Nets have been, you know, they tried to go for it and it didn't work. And they're a smoldering disaster, uh, dumpster fire. And the Knicks continue to try, like what they signed, uh, they signed uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. to a $74 million contract. Like it's not for lack of trying. They just haven't been good at it. The Miami Heat cleared out, Miami Heat tried to go for it. Then Chris Bosh got blood clots. Then when they got Chris Bosch's salary off the off the uh, salary cap, 
They went after Gordon Hayward. They couldn't get Gordon Hayward, no matter how much his wife wanted to live in Miami. But this is a short-term fix to a long-term, uh, a long-term problem. You can't do the East and West, mostly because the schedule imbalance is a big one. It's a big one. You know, we have this in Major League Baseball, where you have an imbalanced schedule. It's not just how many times you play teams in your division, how many times you play teams in other divisions, but as much interleague plays you play, you don't play the exact same teams in interleague. The schedules are not balanced. And they'd be even more imbalanced based upon East and West and the Eastern Conference teams, frankly. You know, if you go for it, you would get a better seed than a Western Conference team. And though travel is easier now, it's easier now than it's ever been because teams get on their plane and there's more space between the games. The early round games don't have those space between games. I actually think they should get it over with sooner rather than later. But the thing that that nobody talks about is, I I said this when we're talking about NASCAR, you know, like your core audience for NASCAR is in the Southeast, is in the Midwest, Right? That's where your core audience is. Don't overexpand to California unless you're paying extra special attention to those folks who have, have tried and true NASCAR fans. And I'm not saying NASCAR has died, but it's definitely seen better days. Definitely. It overexpanded too many events, too many races. Everything's on TV. And they expanded and they forgot some of their core audience. That happened with the NHL. Expanded, forgot their core audience. Well, for the NBA, you have to remember what makes you great traditionally. Think about the great series of the past, the ones we talk about and look back glowingly. Lakers, Celtics. Right, the East versus West thing. Cavs and, and Warriors now. Like, Don't you want to have them? You don't want to have them match up in the semifinals because that's what would have happened this year. If you did one through 16, the number two seed would have been the Boston Celtics. Not the Cleveland Cavaliers. East versus West just works. It works logistically. It works in terms of stacking the games. Because remember, if you have, a, a, let's say the Washington Wizards took on the, uh, so the L.A. Clippers, right? The L.A. Clippers in a playoff game. So the... The game in D.C., and remember, they have a lot of problems in D.C. Everybody's like, well, they got problems putting people in the arena in D.C. Well, one of the problems is the traffic's so bad. So you you start a game at 7 o'clock local, and it's hard to get people from work to the arena. But you need to have the game start at 7 because the game behind it, the West West Coast game starts at, what, 9, 30, 10? But that means if you're in L.A., you're watching it. You're not going to watch a playoff game at 4 o'clock. Just watch a playoff game at 4 o'clock. And then when they go back to L.A., Who's going to watch a playoff game at 10 o'clock? A playoff game ends at 1230 in the morning. Like, you're not going to do that. So in addition to the tradition of East versus West and how it just works, the reality of those same sports fans who you feel like will show up, like they're not going to stay up and watch their team at 1230 at night. They're just not going to. Not unless they're in the championship game, the game seven of the NBA finals. 
I understand this cycle feels like it's a long one with the East and the West and the West being better. And remember, the West is great and the Lakers aren't even any good. That's what what's crazy about it is the West is great and the Lakers stink. Imagine when the Lakers figure things out. But it'll start to work its way back. Right? Celtics are starting to figure it out. I think the Raptors have been good enough now. The Wizards are real and they'll hang on to Bradley Beal and John Wall, I, it'll, Miami will eventually get its next star. Could you tinker with some things? Yeah, but you're better off having playoff series that have the Spurs and the Rockets than you are having the Rockets take on the Charlotte Hornets. You're better off with regional rivalries then you are trying to somehow balance out the fact that right now we're in a cycle to which the Eastern Conference is struggling. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I saw this uh, on Pro Football Talk. Um, Alicia Twersky noted that Aaron Rodgers needs just three touchdown passes to become the 11th passer in NFL history to throw 300 touchdown passes. The other 10 quarterbacks have averaged average 171 interceptions before throwing their 300th touchdown. Peyton Manning is the NFL's all-time touchdown leader. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to catch him. 539 touchdown passes. Peyton Manning threw 152 interceptions when he threw his 300th touchdown. Brett Favre threw for 508 career touchdowns. He had 157 interceptions when he threw his, uh, excuse me, he had 175 interceptions when he threw his 300th touchdown. Drew Brees, of course, remember his career was changed when he went to the Dome into New Orleans. But when he was in San Diego early on in his career, uh, had some arm issues. He had 154 interceptions when he threw his 300th touchdown. And Tom Brady, who many of you regard as the GOAT, the greatest quarterback of all time, 115 interceptions when he threw his 300th touchdown. So 115 for Tom Brady is pretty spectacular. Aaron Rodgers has thrown 72 interceptions. So I I guess here's the thing. We can have the right discussion or we can just have the easy discussion or the easy argument, if you will. It's funny, uh, you know, uh, and and I actually I'm really enjoying myself, but I will tell you that there's a couple of things that are specific to being in Israel. And and I don't speak Hebrew like I know Hebrew phrases, I you know, things to say in conversation, things to say, taxi or you're ordering something or how to be polite or things sort of those things. And just common everyday phrases I know that kind of have come back up since I've been here. But when people start having a conversation like I'm totally lost, I have no I. I have not studied. I don't know the language at all. And so maybe it's just they're talking loudly and with their hands, or maybe it's just my, my guess is right. There's an argument every day. We get on buses to ride to whether we go to see sites or we go to practices. And every time we're there, somebody is raising their voice at somebody else and the other is raising their voice and they're and they're using their hands. I mean, you there you cannot you cannot seemingly have a conversation about a trip anywhere without an argument. An argument. And that's how we are with sports conversations as well. Like we think of 
well, that's just other people, other cultures. Like, no, we can't just have a sports. So the, the question becomes, can we have this sports discussion? Tom Brady is the most decorated quarterback of all time. And the comeback that he helped engineer against the Atlanta Falcons was incredible. And remember, this is after the Atlanta Falcons ran off to a huge lead at home in the NFC Championship game against the team quarterback by Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen play football. And so I don't understand why we, why we have to say that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time because his team has won more Super Bowls when I think everyone would agree that Aaron Rodgers is actually a better quarterback. Now, the, the similarities in Brady and Rodgers in terms of statistics and why they're special is like something that gets very discussed very, very little is playing in a dome is ideal for quarterback play. Maybe even more so than playing outdoors, although now playing in Southern California. Drew Brees has only played in Southern California, San Diego, and in New Orleans. And while I think Drew Brees is great, I think his level of great is not the level of great of others. He couldn't play in Green Bay his whole career. He couldn't play in New England his whole career. He couldn't. He doesn't have that same type of arm, the ability to cut through. Look, the same goes for Peyton Manning. Remember, when they... When they lost to the Baltimore Ravens because they got beat on like a 72-yard, was it Jacoby Jones beat him deep for like a 72-yard pass? Remember, he couldn't throw the ball into the wind at all that day at Mile High Stadium. And even though he threw for 50-some-odd touchdown passes, once they got to the playoffs and the weather got bad, couldn't throw a football. Rodgers has an unbelievable arm. Equally good legs. And while you could sit there and try and convince me, no, 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 Tom Brady, better at reading a defense, better brain, then why has he turned the ball over more than Aaron Rodgers? Explain that to me. I think Tom Brady is great. I think Tom Brady is the most accomplished quarterback of all time. I don't think anybody in modern day history to win five Super Bowls and to do so all in such different fashion with rotating guys and with the exception of the Randy Moss, and look, the Randy Moss year when they went won 18 games before losing, and they didn't even win a Super Bowl that year. That's probably the best team he ever played on. Um, but for the most part, didn't do it with superstar wide receivers. Same with Aaron Rodgers. But who's more athletic in and out of the pocket? Who's got a better arm? Who turns the ball over less? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The UCLA Bruins were, they took the world by storm in terms of watchability, right? And I think that some of it is Lonzo Ball, but a lot of it was also Steve Alford changing. Like, hey, we have a team that wants to get up and down. We have a team that wants to play fast. Like, let's. Play fast. They were 31 and 15 on the year. 15 and 3 in conference play, of course, led by Lonzo Ball. And then they've kind of doubled down on that. I'm not sure if you're aware they have one of the elite recruiting classes in the country coming in. Let's catch up with Steve Alford, the head coach of UCLA, who joins us. Coach, how are you? 
Very good, Doug. How are you? Good, man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of following in your, your wave. Like, you switch schools a bunch. Like, I switch networks a bunch. We, but we still, we still <laughs> love having you on wherever we are. Good to be back out in, in Los Angeles. We got to... Uh, I, you got to treat me to a golf game. I, I know where you play. I've heard how good you are and, uh, I will be your caddy sometimes. Or if you let me hit a ball, I may play with you sometimes. That That's okay. Well, you're always welcome to, I, I always love getting out and playing. So you're always welcome. Um, Lonzo is going to play tonight. What, what should, what's a reasonable expectation to see from him in summer league? Uh, it's hard to say. I, you know, I, I just know he's fun to watch. So regardless of whether it's a pickup game, an AAU game, or practice at UCLA, or a game at UCLA, or now you've advanced all the way to an NBA Summer League deal, he he's just always great entertainment because he plays the game a very exciting way, and you don't see day-to-day, you don't see things that he does on a day-to-day basis. You know, it could be a take the ball out and throw a full-court post-feed or you're going, to, you're going to shoot a shot from four or five feet behind the NBA line and make it. I mean, he just he's a very exciting player to watch, and I'm sure that's what we'll see again uh, here in the summer league. And I and I feel like, and, and you tell me because, and for people who don't like, you recruited him for a long time, and obviously you have his brothers coming in this year, and then his, his younger brother's eventually going to make his way to UCLA. So you've seen him in so many of these made-for-TV or made-for-tournament events. It's always felt like to me, like, the bigger the game, the better he is. Is that, a, is that a fair assessment of who Lonzo Ball is? Yeah, I think consistently you probably see that. Um, and I think we saw at UCLA, um, you know, even when all of a sudden maybe the competition, we had a game that most people would say, well, you're going to win this. Um, he was so good that Doug, he could – I swear he'd go into games saying, okay, I'm not – it's almost like the McDonald's game. I think the McDonald's game coming out of high school, he literally tried playing that game without shooting a shot and still going to try to be the MVP of the game, and he ends up with like 14 assists. So he can beat you in a lot of ways. He can rebound the ball. He can score it. He can pass it, obviously. Uh, and I think as our season went along, he defensively, he started to learn how he can make a difference defensively too because of his length. You know, it's, what's fascinating is, like, for people who don't know, UCLA has the number four-ranked recruiting class in the country coming in. Uh, Jalen Hands is a tremendous talent. So is Chris Wilkes. Uh, two McDonald's All-Americans you have. But I, I, I do think that because he kind of just has this way of – and, look, he was surrounded by, you know, your son and some of the other veterans on the team, Welsh, of course, as well. Like, you, you had a, a really good balance of young and old, which allowed you, the young guys, to kind of learn and grow. Right. But but there's the expectations for freshmen to play as calmly and as well as he did and make the impact that he did. Like, I don't, how realistic is that even for this new recruiting class you have? Well, you're right, Doug, and I think that's what we're working hard on already here in the summer. Last year we had three freshmen. This year we've got six, so it's a it's a bigger number. Um, and you're and I think what what Lonzo did and and TJ both of those guys. They played with great poise, uh, great maturity, and you don't see that a lot in, in freshmen, let alone even the one-and-dones, you know, I think, because a lot of them are 17, 18 years of age, and maturity just isn't what the 21, 22-year-old was. And, and with TJ and, and Lonzo in particular, you had two very mature, very poised 
individuals because I think they had a lot of confidence in their ability not just to play, but incredible basketball IQ. Both of those guys really understand how to play. You you were an incredible shooter. Your son Bryce, who graduated, scored two thousand points. An incredible shooter. Um, he makes shots, right? But he he has he, you know the it's not just the re- the release points okay, but the way in which he gets to it. And there's some struggle going to his right, right? Like it, there's that little hitch going to his right where he has to step back and go to his left. If if it were you. And uh, you couldn't do it at UCLA because you can't break down a guy's shot and build it up and, and such. Would you change it? I, I don't know if I would, Doug. We, when we saw Alonzo early on, if you see tape of him, it's funny. If you see tape of him as like 11, 12-year-old, he shot on his right side. And somewhere along the line of going from you know, a 12, 13-year-old to just getting a little bit, sometimes it has to do with strength. Um, he started bringing it on the left side of his head, and yet, as you mentioned, the release point is right. It, it's it's right where it needs to be. I've always told people it's like the Jim Furyk golf swing. It, it's probably not your most traditional swing, but it impact. His club is square, and he ball strikes as well as anybody. And Lonzo, though he brings it a different path, you know, if you look at him, he ends up he makes 83s as a freshman point guard. Or anybody else in the country that you know that did that, and he shoots 41 percent and. You know, so yeah, you're right. Is he going to have to continue to work on his game, going, going to his right and pulling up without the step back? Yep, you know, possibly. But he's been so successful. I guess we got to wait and see if it works at this level. But every level he's been, he's been very successful of, of playing against people. That it didn't matter which way you sent him, he can pass right or left-handed. Uh, he finds a way of getting it done. I don't know if early on. I would mess with it because it's not broke. It's something that's been very successful for him. If, as they get into it and the Lakers see that this is a problem, um, then I think it's something you might want to do. But initially, I think I'd leave it alone. One of my best friends is now an assistant with the Lakers, Miles Simon, who I know you know well. Um, And he's like the player development coach. And he's just been blown away by how coachable – Lonzo yep. is not that it's a surprise, but but a pleasant one to the point where how coachable he is. You coached yeah. him, you also recruited him, and you've dealt with Lavar and with all of all, all with with all of that, which sometimes appears to be a circus. If if you were to give the honest advice to Luke Walton as to how to coach Lonzo, what would it be? Just do what you do and be who you are, because that's what. That's what Lonzo allowed me to be. Um, you know, he was very respectful. And when I say respectful, it's not just yes, sir, no, sir, and, and how he goes about playing. But every day he gives you everything he's got. He doesn't take practices off. He went to class every day. He knew he was one and done when he got on campus. And a lot of one and done players end up, I think, not doing the things they need to do academically. And Lonzo was an A-B student. He went to class every day. He Every practice, he gave us everything he had. Uh, he communicated well to the coaches when he didn't understand something. Uh, so I think Coach Walton's just got to be who he is, and you, you don't have to change anything as far as your style of coaching. Um, I think you do adjust to the special talent that you have and try to figure out the best ways of using Lonzo because he is a special talent. Steve Alford joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What about you? I don't. We haven't caught up um, – it wasn't always easy to coach Bryce, but it felt like at the end. Uh, I remember you told the story, and I'm not sure you told me. You told everybody else the story that 
that when your dad first played you in high school, he got booed for putting you in. Right. And at the end, he got booed for pulling you out. Uh, right. The experience of coaching your son, which I tell people, like, it's one thing to coach your son and you have him score 2,000 points at UCLA is crazy good. And to finish this way, um, right. four years later, what was the experience like? Oh, it was tremendous, Doug. To be able to, as you know, you being in a basketball family, you understand it. And to be able to share that as a, you know, your love of basketball and to be able to share that with your, your children and your family, uh, it's just one of those special blessings that come into life that uh, you don't know if it's ever going to happen. But then when it does happen, it, it just goes by extremely fast. And I think Bryce did a phenomenal job of just how he handled things, how he handled he was terrific with the media. He was terrific off the floor. Uh, he was great in the locker room as a teammate. And I think by the time it was all over with, um, the majority of the fans of UCLA really understood that and appreciated that you knew what you were going to get out of him. And his four years was really, um, I think, a synopsis of just incredibly consistent work. And But as a family, we had a lot of fun with it. Well, listen, you, you put three more one-and-dones in the pros. Now you got six more new ones in, right? Hey, hey, good job, Coach. Now we want you to do it all yeah. over again. And, you, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, now can you get past the Sweet yeah. 16 and get the Elite Eight and Final Four? Could you do that for us, right? Like it, yeah, it, I'm we, sure it, we it's talked a, about we, we talked about that as a staff of what our team would look like today if we had EKTJ and Lonzo. <laughs> but that's I like, back I like it. It doesn't, I, it doesn't happen anymore. But back in the day, that sounded pretty good. I like EK. I think he's got. I think he's, he's gonna, gonna got, be good. got a real chance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I he's, he's, super, he's, he's only eight. He's only eighteen, right? Right. A young eighteen. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's amazing. Well, listen. Uh, well, take a bow for the season you had. Now get back to work, and maybe sometime I got. I got to stop by and uh, and see the new facility that's going up. And uh, I appreciate yeah, you joining incredible. us, us some insight in Lonzo. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me on. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. 
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 